Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of the One Love Art Sessions podcast. If this is your first time with us, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. And no matter who you are, make sure you go ahead and like and subscribe and share this with your networks because the bills don't pay themselves. As always, I'm James LJ, artist, designer. I do not put up any Christmas decorations to the day after Thanksgiving. I want to make that very clear. Uh, that is part of my personality. Uh, other people <clears throat> on this podcast will disagree, and I don't really care. Uh, I've been an artist and a designer in the New York City area for the past, like, 15 years. I am one half of the One Love Art uh, Sessions podcast. Uh, so if you've listened before, you know who's coming up next. Uh, the other half, the uh, pinky semi-brain uh, Crespo. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Jay, man? What's up, One Love community? I'm Crespo, family man, artist, and educator, and the other half of love. Thanks for joining us. If this is your first time here, Jay and I put together a virtual series called the One Love Arts Sessions. Our goal is to bring talent and community together for creativity, heart-to-heart discussions, and chill vibes. For this episode, we're going to go at it alone. So before we jump into the conversation or the topic, um, I was going to ask you, Jay, if uh, maybe you could run an update by us uh, on your project, Trooping. Yeah, Trooping. Uh, so right now I'm in a kind of lull of promoting it. Uh, I sold out a lot of my inventory, which was fun. Uh, over the past few weeks, I started kind of releasing uh, a lot of stuff that people have been asking for. Uh, for those that don't know, Trooping is... A uh, sticker series I do where I take uh, pop culture, uh, celebrities and artists and actors, and I mix them into, uh, I make them into stormtroopers. Essentially, the idea of if your favorite person in the world took off, you know, if the favorite person in the world was a stormtrooper and they took off their mask and you saw it was them, would you still think they were evil? Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes a little deeper than that, but that's kind of the premise and the quick elevator pitch. Uh, but it's, you know, it's going really well. I'm going to be releasing some stuff soon. Uh, me and Dee actually did something recently as well. We had a lot of fun with it. Uh, we we're in talks to do something for the holiday season, which again starts uh, the day after Thanksgiving. The <laughs> day after. Uh, what about your stuff? So uh, so I, I do want to um, just reinforce what you said. Uh, yeah, we did work on a collaborative piece together. We did a, uh, well, I guess a Halloween edition of trooping and in my case scaredy pants so we combined both of our projects and i i would say that the outcome was pretty neat i think thank you to everybody who jumped on board and, and made sure that they got themselves a pack uh it's it looked great i think they came out great uh it was real fun working on it and i'm definitely looking forward to doing the next ones so uh, i'm just continuing to build a body I, I would say that's the best way to describe what i'm doing because most of what i'm doing is exploration uh, I do want to eventually release um, a bunch of stickers and maybe smaller prints. For now, I'm thinking of small prints, almost like four by six, stuff that can be picked up pretty easy or displayed pretty easy without feeling too um, too overwhelmed on finding space to put these things. But also because I'm just focusing on the actual ghost and the pop culture images themselves. So uh, for anybody who doesn't know, what I'm doing is a series called Scaredy Pants, and I'm taking three ghosts and I am occupying all of these cartoons pants is what I'm doing <laughs> ultimately. And uh, 
Yeah. What I've done though recently is I'm working on some other projects. I, I kind of slowed down a little bit on scaredy pants. Didn't push them aside. I'm still sketching. I'm just not finalizing those images as digital art uh, because uh, I am unlike Jay, 100% invested in the holiday season. Uh, and by holiday season, I am definitely pushing Christmas up way into uh, November. Uh, but, but mostly actually, um, I am trying to, I'm trying to write like a short story and some small drawings and animation of my son for, uh, for Christmas. And so it's, it's going to take a little time. So I didn't want to waste or wait to get a, uh, to get ahead on that. And I'll be sharing it as I'm moving along and I'll, I'll, I'll try to uh, maybe post it in the story of one love art session so that people can see what I'm working on there. You're super busy, man. I, <laughs> once like November hits, I, I try to like, wind down a little bit and yeah. it's it's my time to just recharge my battery before january so i'm gonna do some stuff but definitely i'm gonna keep it light um but yeah your scary pants stuff is is super cool if anyone is listening and you're an artist and you have a character um and you want crespo in your pants just let us know uh send us an email with the subject crespo please come in my pants and uh we'll we'll reach out to you and we'll make it happen uh um about that, what you just said about the uh, wanting to wind down at the end of the year. Uh, so I am, I, I got to say, I'm on like a supernatural high as far as momentum goes. Uh, being in quarantine earlier in the year had kind of just set in motion this idea that if I can, if I can find a way to be creative in any regard uh, every day, then I, I will continue to do it. And I don't know when some of these projects will, some of these projects will see their, com, you know, completion or I, or if I will see them to completion, but I'm just enjoying it so much that, that I really don't want it to slow down. And, and, and it doesn't really take up as much time as maybe it may look because I'm just, I'm just pushing it into small pockets, 10 minutes, 15 minutes throughout the day where I'm just moving fast, you know, whether it's the Apple pencil or my actual pencil, document the experience share it so people can see oh yeah he's producing and and i can feel like hey I, you know i'm an active artist take a look you know see what i'm doing and and stick around because who knows what this stuff is going to turn into and so so during this holiday season i'm probably doing the same thing it's not going to impede on any of my time with family or or you know just fully getting a chance to kick back it's just it's just a, for me it's just going to be a matter of time of what can I set up for January so that mm -hmm. if 2021 is, is a new year that looks different, if we find ourselves in a different place, then, you know, what's next, especially for us here at One Love Art Session, you know, what does, what does the 2021 version, you know, season two of, of One Love Art Sessions look like, you know, post the post pandemic era. Yeah. Hopefully the post pandemic era. I hope so. Yeah. I know. We'll I'm see, being hopeful. I'm being an <laughs> idealist. <tonight. laughs> um, cool, man. Uh, so with all that said, Let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into tonight's topic. Uh, so tonight's topic, uh, for anyone that clicked on today's show, you already know it, is accountability. Uh, so really quickly, um, accountability is defined as a factor condition of being accountable. I know I just blew everyone's mind. Accountability <laughs> it means being accountable, being responsible, uh, having a sense of responsibility. So uh, as Quest as and I were talking about this, we started thinking about accountability as artists um you know obviously ourselves what is what is our responsibility as artists um 
you know, internally just in that bubble as an artist, what is our responsibility in the world of art um, when it comes to other artists? And then, you know, even going beyond that, you know, what is our accountability uh, to younger artists? And then step further, um, what is the accountability or, you know, what is the responsibility that famous artists have? And we're talking mm. across the board, you know, this could be a, a visual artist or this could be a musician or an actor or. Yeah, I was just going to say, can we do like comedy as a comedy as an art form, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Comedy is definitely an art form, I think. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, we're never going to pigeonhole what is art. A right. lot of people will, will have their own definitions, but I, I have a very, not low level, but baseline definition of what an artist is, okay. and it's someone that leverages their creativity. Okay. Okay. Um, so that yeah, so I I can't be a comedian, so I can never <laughs> say that's not an artist. They they there's an art to it. All right, right, and uh, so we want to start. Uh, as you said from the beginning and the smallest of I guess the spheres and that is our our respective spheres right us the mm -hmm. Jay as an artist Crespo as an artist um, so should I kick it off or yeah, yeah yeah go ahead all right so what's tricky about the answer to this question is I'm, I'm, I might dig into the, to that third sphere that you mentioned and that is that um, I was never really practicing artists until I became a teacher so uh, it was hard for me to separate the two things of me being an individual artist um, that's pursued that career or me being a teacher um, because it, it's just achieving privacy uh, in a digital age is, is it's just really difficult, you know, and, and I didn't want to make my art private because then that limited access. And so I've always... I've always felt the the pressure of being a role model. I already wanted to do so, but I guess being an artist forced me to realize that even more so. So accountability was just that, you know, uh, what am I doing with my art? How does, what is the messages I'm trying to get across? And in my cases, it, in my case, I guess I've been fortunate because I haven't been, I haven't pushed any issues out, out outside of the idea of remaining a child, of just having fun, of remembering that, that at some point we were a child, that, that inhibitions were okay and play was fun. And I guess it wasn't up until recently that I started exploring some more of um, sharing my political views and realizing uh, different ways to do that where I'm still very much the role model and teacher that I am but maybe just solidifying my stance of, of who I am as a teacher and, and what I want my students to achieve and what I want uh, to continue to do with my artwork. Interesting. Um, my accountability as an artist. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, we've been talking about this topic for a few weeks now, probably over a month. Yeah. Um, so I've, I felt like I've went through so many in, in every different sense of it. My accountability as an artist myself and in the world. And we've, I, when we first started talking oh, about layers. this, yeah, when we first started talking about this, the, it was around the whole Tory Lanez thing. And that's, I think, part of how this whole thing started and his accountability as an artist. Um, and I think when I think about my own personal accountability as an artist, again, I, I, the same as you, I think it intertwines with some of the other subjects that we yeah. want to talk about tonight. So I think my main, if I were to break down my main accountability as an artist, it would be to hold other artists accountable, 
which mm. is funny. It, it feels like I'm passing the buck. Mm. Um, but I think for, for those who, who may follow me, let's say they follow me on my Instagram or they listen to the podcast or, um, you know, maybe it's my little cousins or whoever, right? They look up to me or they look toward me or um, there's a sense of respect they have for me, right? Yep. So when something happens or when someone does something or when there's a, a, a you know, two different sides to something that's going on, uh, I'm very cognizant of, you know, my voice in that mm-hmm. and how okay. how if if I don't think and really pay attention to what I say and what I do, how it can affect someone else, not just how they view me, but how they may view the situation. Right. 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 Um, so, you know, for, for example, um, actually, no, actually, yeah. So for example, um, one of the other things that we spoke about was the, the Barata stuff, right? Yes. And for, for, for those of you who don't know, um, Tony Peralta is an artist, uh, here in New York, uh, of Dominican descent. Um, and, and the, you, you always kind of knew that I have met him a few times. I didn't know him personally. He always kind of gave me a skeezy vibe. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I was always like, whatever, some of this stuff I like some of this stuff, you know, I, I heard rumors of him stealing art, like ideas and passing off his own. So it, it always kind of took everything that he did with a grain of salt yeah um and then there was the whole situation with you know where he was accused by multiple women of sexual assault or sexual you know misconduct you run the gambit like yeah different different layers of this stuff right so when all that happened it was like i felt my stance as an artist wasn't to like necessarily vilify him like that was like i'm not gonna get on my soapbox and be like oh but my stance was okay so what do I think about this? First and foremost, I'm of the, I'm of the mindset where I always believe the woman. Okay. Um, I think if in history has told us, it it takes a lot for a woman to lie about something like that. Um, and there may be times where if you believe the woman, they are lying. But right. I rather err on that side than the opposite side where someone who is a victim is you know asking for help and you kind of second guess them. Okay. Uh, so off the bat, if, you know, one report, 10 reports, 15 reports, it doesn't, I, you know, I'm, that's, that's where I'm starting. Right. Okay. And I think my, my, as an artist, I hold myself accountable to say, okay. Um, one, I put myself in that situation and, you know, I, I try to look at both sides of the whole thing, but, but also saying, okay, so if someone asks me about this, what is my stance? What, what am I going to say about this as an artist? You know, and mm. also as an artist with artists from New York, uh, with a Latin background who kind of runs in the same circles as someone like that. Right. So it's okay. going to come up. You're going to talk to people that, you know, know about it or talk. So Sure. Um, when I, when I, again, going back to the whole thing, when I think about my accountability as an artist, it's really um, being well educated about the situation at hand and being able to speak on it at a level um, that shows respect to what's going on, but also cognizant that what I say could change someone's mind about something. Sure. And I would never want to do it in the in the wrong direction. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that totally makes sense. And um, and I hear you loud and clear on that. Um, I guess I, I guess uh, as of right now, I feel 
I haven't been in that position where where the question comes up outside of you and I. So so these discussions happen all the time behind the scenes with, with you and I. But as far as engaging with other people um, or having to address, I haven't been in a position where I've had to address somebody and say like, hey, yo, you know what? Like, uh, you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, and I can't be, I can't just let you, uh, you know, represent, you know, our industry in that manner because uh, especially in the story that you're saying, an abuse of power in, in so many regards. Uh, but as an artist, like, man, it, it's such a beautiful thing that we're sharing. And then for it to be, you know, misused in a way, it's just, it's just too unfortunate. And, and I think that we have that responsibility. And so I hear you loud and clear on, on, having, on having to acknowledge that we have a role to check others as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's our next layer? So, so I, the next layer is really actually the next layer I want to dive into, and I think okay. I, I kind of set the groundwork for it is, you know, people who have a certain level of celebrity. Obviously, he was just a kind of local type celebrity, but he had some, you know, he, he got some national attention. But yes. I guess let's move on to to bigger celebrities and what their accountability is in culture. And then I think one of the ones that you mentioned, which was a little bit more recent, was um, like the 50 cent ice cube stuff. Right. And what's yeah. their, what's their responsibility of, as artists in, you know, the hip hop black, uh, you know, we can put a bunch of slashes on every different subgenre that they represent or people that they, that they, uh, you know, that look right. toward them for reflection. Um, what's their responsibility? And I, and I, and it's interesting because the 50 cent thing came up. So obviously I'm, I'm of a mixed background. And so half of my family uh, believe that Biden is the president elect and the other half believe that there's uh, <laughs> there's a something going Counting. on, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what I find interesting is, you know, you, my argument is like, you know, Trump is a racist. He's, he's a horrible, horrible racist, right? And and he's horrible to black people and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then what happens is someone like 50 Cent throws not even full, like just kind of nods to the fact that he might support Trump yeah, and they gobble it up. Mm. And they're like, well, well, if you didn't like black people, then why is 50 Cent supporting him? Why is Ice Cube supporting him? Obviously you're wrong because right. he's getting support from... And it's not even that person anymore. He's getting support from the community. Yeah, they're yeah. now the community. One person. So, yeah, one person. And they're the whole community. That's that's it, right? Because, it, it, so so yeah. So so that the idea of what is their responsibility, and I think a lot of times they don't realize. Like, you know, they they get to a certain point, and it stops becoming about race, and it starts becoming about class. Yes. Um, and they misconstrue who their people are. You know, it's like for 50 Cent, his people are the $400,000 plus a year people. Right. When it's like, those aren't the people who are like putting their hands out and they're like, yo, we need you to be a voice Please. For, for something more than what you're doing right now. Yeah. And, so, and I think a lot of artists, I mean, no matter if you're doing music or you're painting or you're, you know, whatever, doing poetry, you're a dancer. You know, these, a lot of these people came from like nothing, right? 50 Cent came from like nothing. So right. hey, to get to a certain point 
and feel like you don't have a responsibility or a voice or you shouldn't have accountability to those people who, you know, are where you were one day. And see, and you, you forget how it felt to just want someone like to put their hand out yeah. and not, not pull you up, but just help you a bit. Cause you, you're in a world where you just feel like you're lost. Right. And you're, yeah. you're turning on the TV and you're getting all this misinformation or you're turning on the TV and they're telling you that, you know, you're, you're, you're a thug or you're, you're evil for believing a certain, you know, oh, you have a Black Lives Matter t-shirt on. You're, you know, you must support rioting and looting. Right, right. Right? So it's like, you know, and for these people, when they, when they start to see celebrities, you know, not stand up and say something, it, it's such a, like, it takes you down, like, you know, 10 pegs. It's, hmm. it's disheartening. So, okay. Uh, because we can, we can, we can dig pretty deep in this. Let's just, can, can we, you and I right now mm -hmm. decide, uh, do celebrities have a, uh, responsibility and, and uh, uh, can we hold celebrities accountable of being, uh, I, I don't Are we going to say progressive people? Because right now we were just mentioning politics. Uh, uh, what are uh, we... I, I wouldn't say it's like progressive. I, th I think, and, and that's the other thing too. It's like progressive, right? They look at Democrats as progressive because they believe in things like human rights. <laughs> like it's not a progressive idea. Right. It's, it's not, you know, homeless people shouldn't be, you know, kicked to the ground and not giving any resources. It's not progressive. It's like, Serious. It's, yeah. Um, so, so I, I people? <laughs> Do we just, should, they just be, should celebrities just be good people? Good people. Well, celeb celebrities should understand the power they have as celebrities, right? Okay. And I think when it comes down to, you know, a, a situation like a, like a, it can be an ice cube situation yes. or it could be a, let's say a, a Chris Delia or an R. Yeah. R. Kelly situation, right? Where, okay. um, you know, one side of it, I guess they have kind of an understanding of their power and they need to understand how to use it in the right way. And then the other side of it is, they understand their power way too much and they mm. use it in a negative stance, right? Yeah. Right. So I think as 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 artists, like one, if like if you're gonna be a celebrity and, and you're gonna be a scumbag, like just go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is the best like um we don't really live in an age anymore where it's okay to, to do that. Um because someone is gonna someone is gonna, you know, tweet about you or fleet about you. Is that the new thing, fleet? Don't ask me if you don't know it. I certainly don't know. They're gonna post a fleet about you. That's the new Twitter thing. I, I, um, I want to. Uh, I, I want to maybe I mess up this spider web that we're weaving right now because I'm thinking like um, when we when we mention somebody like Ice Cube um, in this regard, yeah, I, you know, I'm thinking back to. Uh, I'm, I wasn't a fan since NWA because I can't because of our, our age and where that would have fallen on what I was allowed to as far allowed to listen to as far as, far as the spectrum goes. Um, but I'm thinking about like his first solo album. Right. And the name of it being America's Most Wanted with the KKK. Mm -hmm. I, if, if, if somebody has been a longtime fan and a follower and, you know, they they are listening to him speak out against um government police brutality 
the treatment towards, uh, or, uh, you know, in this case, the black community. And then suddenly, um, and, and suddenly he's supporting or, or speaking to somebody who is definitely, and I mean, we here at one of our sessions is saying that Trump is, is a racist. Oh, yeah. um, if he, if, if he's engaging in conversation with him in term and making it seem like it's like, it's a positive thing. It sends so much mixed signals mm-hmm. because, because, you know, here, 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 people have been man on the street walk, you know, for months trying to, trying to say, and for years really, cause I mean, black lives matter movement is, is years old already. Yeah. And, um, and, and here is this celebrity with so much power that stood for something significant for many years. And then suddenly is like, just flipped the script. We got to understand that, that uh, there was an, there's a young activist. I forgot the young lady's name. Um, but during one of her, one of her public speaks uh, speeches, she, she mentions that not all skin folk are kin folk. And I thought mm-hmm. that was, I thought that was super powerful because it, it, it sometimes you have you need that reminder you know um that our community is not a monolith um there are people in different classes there are people who at some point um just just don't really as the saying goes remember where they came from yeah and but i but i but i think one of the, i think one of the main issues with all this is specifically in hip-hop and urban culture um you know we have this whole thing of cancel culture Mm-hmm. And we talk about it, but I don't really think it exists in this context, right? Okay. So what does Ice Cube really have to lose, right? It, it took it took like 20 years to finally cancel R. Kelly, right? It t- like probably 20 years, right? Uh, they canceled Chris Brown for like a weekend, right? Like he had like a long weekend where he was canceled and then it was yeah. like nothing happened, right? Yep. He yep. like physically beat a woman and then it was and like- we saw. Like, yeah. like we saw the physical yes. evidence of what he did. Yeah. So, so, you know, and it's like on the flip though, if it's like a a white actor or a white comedian or like they cancel the hell out of them, and the people that at one point supported them really do turn their back on them. Obviously, it's there's it's it's not so cut and dry. It's not so, but for the most part, yeah. right? It's you don't see, you know. And I don't know if it's desensitized, the the people are desensitized to it, or it's a battle between, you know, the art versus the person, you know, look at Kanye West. Um, You know, I'm a victim of that as well. Like, I think the guy is a horrible person, like, not as not horrible, like, you know, a guy's not Hitler. Um, But he's horrible in the sense of like, he's just misusing his platform in such a way. And I think he's just surrounded by people who are just feeding into it. Um, yeah, he would totally but, disagree with that. But I, mean, I buy, but I buy easies though. Like, so it's like, I, you know, I, it, I should put my money where my mouth is, I guess. And I, and I don't in that sense. Um, and I've been called out for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I own it. I'm not one to, I won't make excuses for it. It's totally, you know, I'm a hypocrite for doing it. Um, but but yeah, is is it? What's what's our accountability as as supporters to hold oh. people accountable, right? So, yeah. is is someone gonna hold themselves accountable if no one else does? 
do they need to? No, if you well, know they, that you can do whatever you want, yeah. If you know you can do whatever you want, then what's the point of? Unless obviously, you're, I, I mean, you're you're and this is gonna be a bombshell. You're just a genuinely good person, <laughs> you know, and you and you understand that you could be a bad person. You just don't want to be, um, like Dwayne Wade. <laughs> like Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Um. So so forty five is not an artist. Uh. But for the sake of example, you just said. You just you just said like, do you care or are, is there enough people supporting your bad habits that allow you to continue your regime? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just gonna call it that in this in this in this case. Yeah, uh, you know, once I guess once you reach a point where it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't yeah. matter. I, I mean, to date, and you can and you can you're you're more knowledgeable than I am, um, but the the whole com- the whole complications with how many ki- how many kids have lost their lives uh because they've gotten jumped for jordans and you know where and how does michael speak out on that i've never heard him speak on it no and not at all. And, and and that comes from that position that it, that comes from that privilege of it doesn't matter he doesn't have to say anything about it because the next ones that come out that line is out the door they're getting flipped. Black market is going fire, you know. So I don't know, man. I think that I think that that place of privilege. So so I so how can we as as supporters or fans? I mean, everything is with everything and money, right? Money is the answer, right? If you pull your money away from something, but I'd hesitate to to say that because it looks like Goya is still on the shelves. Very true. <laughs> And and we were there. We, you know, the, the the conversations were there. The effort sounded like it was there. I mean, I remember for a long time on social media, people were posting other brands or recipes for the same things that Goya sold, and yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see that change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I honestly forgot about the Goya thing until you yeah, just I see? mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, totally forgot that happened. Um, I, 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 I admittedly didn't pay atten- much attention to it. Um, I mean, it was, it was just one of those things where it's, it didn't surprise me. It didn't shock me. Right. Um, like Goya, obviously they're, they're the people that buy Goya. I mean, I don't even know, to be honest, at the end of the day, if there's a certain demographic that even buys Goya anymore. I think Goya has just become a company. Like it's just a company. It's like, to me, it's. Oh, it's, know, a national, a, it's a it's a yeah. Everybody it's uses like Pepsi. it. Yeah, it's yeah. So everybody uses it. Um, but moving away from the let's move away from the politics thing a little bit because I think All it's right. a slippery slope. And <laughs> um, but obviously, you know, it's it's 2020. Uh, we just went through an election, and it's it's hard. You know, one of the when when you're talking about artists and them being accountable, you're gonna have to go into politics because there's so many different celebrities and artists that. Uh, gravitate toward whatever candidate and you know they have a following and that's the reason why you know that candidate puts them up there because of their following um so that's why it was it was really easy to go just toward the ice cube thing because it was just like wow like yeah i I do want our listeners to know like that um that here at, at one love we don't have a fear of that conversation like we welcome those conversations those debates you know so if this conversation does continue elsewhere on social media know that you know, Jay and myself will engage in this conversation and uh, 
we won't we won't be timid or shy away from it um because yeah you know we think it's important it's a part of it's a part of being american you know it is to be able to engage in in these types of conversations you know so yeah if you find yourself in this conversation and you want you you feel like you have to say something back to us or want to engage with us you know find us we'll talk to you about it yeah and i think so so pulling the reins back a bit and going back to this topic of accountability um, and thinking about everything we just spoke about, and we kind of broke it down to different parts of it, like ourselves, celebrities, uh, cancel culture, the negatives, the positives. But I think at the end of the day, you know, when we talk about artist accountability, uh, artists, you're not only accountable, there's one layer where you're accountable to the people who support you now, but I think you're also super accountable to the people that look up to you, the kids, young, the youth that look up to you and one day want to be you, mm -hmm. right? That is the most impressionable mind. Yes. Whether you are a ballet dancer, an actor, a rapper, a painter, you know, if you have any bit of notability, you know, you don't have to have 4 billion, you know, Instagram followers. Right. You can just have a subsection of people that really follow you. Chances are there's someone young that is looking at everything you're doing and mimicking it, right? And mimicking it. And they're at a part of their lives where it, they're starting to sculpt, you know, their views on the world. And they're going to look at you to help them, you know, figure that out. Yeah. So if you're an artist and you know, you speak negatively, let's say about women, um, that's the same as, you know, for a lot of these kids, if their father did that, right? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, cause, cause they're, they're looking at you for influence. Um, and some people could argue, well, you know, well then their, their parents should counterbalance that. But as if anyone ever grew up and we've all grown up, right? We've all been kids once. We know that we don't listen to our parents, <laughs> you know, like you were just talking about like, you know, when we were young, we were listening to Ice Cube and all this kind of, and we were way too young to be listening to that. Um, oh, I have very vivid memories of the first time my friend came over with the, uh, the Biggie album on tape. And, you know, he put that thing on and I was like, Wow, like I, I knew that I shouldn't be listening. I was like, this is wildness. Bro, my first um, album, my first full length album was Onyx Back to Fuck Up. Yeah, there you go. Oh, baby. Yeah. Oh, baby. So yeah, so so we're gonna gravitate toward what we like, whether or not our parents sell us to or not, right? So mm -hmm. you know, it's it's always important, obviously, for parents to to set a groundwork for what is good and what is bad and um you know what it looks like to be a good human being in, the, in this global world that we live in uh but a lot of that is just a simulation coming from the outside world so as artists you gotta be really careful about what you say and what you do yeah um and the things that you produce because it could really just mess people up and you know i, I kind of threw his name out there earlier but like Dwayne wade is like you know Dwayne wade the basketball player really liked him. Always thought he came across as a really stand-up person, um, genuine, real. Dwayne Wade post NBA is a, such a phenomenal human being. Yeah, he is. Um, that is not that is not only a role model for his own children, 
um, but as a role model for other people, other yeah. kids out there who may feel a certain way. And also he's becoming a role model. He's teaching his kids how to become role models mm. for others, right? Yeah. So when you have that kid out there who, you know, may want may gravitate toward, hey, I want to wear a dress or I want to be a makeup artist or I want to do something that society deems not part of my gender definition. Right. Yeah. Um, but then you look and you see a celebrity or you see a celebrity's kid that looks just like you and they're saying, no, it's okay. It's cool. This is fine. And it's being embraced. The yeah. power of that is unmatched. Right. You know, and it counterbalances the constant barrage in society of, of people being told that it's it's incorrect. Yeah. Um, like the most recent thing, like in the last, I think, 24 hours was uh, uh, Candace Owens. Right? That's her name. Candace Owens, a Republican, um, <laughs> made a remark about uh, oh, what's this guy uh, from One Direction? Harry Styles. Okay. So he was he was on Vogue, I think. And he, you know, very gender fluid. And she made a remark online about bringing manly men back. Mm. And she got demolished for it. Good. Because it's just like, it's, you know, manly men, this idea of men wear pants. And, and they were just like, hey, have you ever, you know, look at, look at images of Jesus. Like, look at people in the Middle East. They don't wear jeans. You know, it's like they wear robes for what could be seen as a dress. Like, this idea of, of like, gender doesn't have... The clothes don't have gender. Right. Um, right. So, yeah. So when you have artists and we have celebrities out there who understand that and understand not only that it's important for them to to have that that stance, but also vocalize that stance um, is, you know, it's unmatched. And I think that is when I when I look at accountability, um, you want to look at the best example of a celebrity slash artist slash because I mean being an athlete is also an art. Yes. Um Dwayne Wade, I would hundred percent say he's like that's someone who understands his role as someone who's famous um yeah. and uses it to strengthen other people around him. Yeah. You know, I uh I'm not I, I don't have much I'm not gonna make this too long, but I'm also the person I've also been following recently uh is Mo Willems. And Mo Willems, mm -hmm. uh, for anybody who doesn't know, writes the Pigeon books. Um, he used to be a stand-up comedian, worked for Sesame Street for a while. Then he went on to write these children's illustrations. Um, he's an illustrator and a writer. But he has been doing some phenomenal work at, uh, for a very long time. But, let's, uh, but just to focus uh, quickly on his pandemic profession, uh, professional um, career, he has been doing live streams of teaching kids how to draw his characters, uh, bringing parents into the fold of how to uh, participate in your child's creative experiences. And he's doing work for, he's essentially doing, he's being a, te he's being a teacher, uh, a family therapist, and, and just, and being a, a super role model for students, for, for students or children who want to pursue a career um, in the arts or in, you know, in the arts, I'll say that because it's open. Um, and I think somebody like that understands his power um, he has all these people buying books and they fly off the shelves all the time, all year long. And he said, and he has put himself in a position where he is giving back time, giving back energy and all positive. And I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I don't want to go to school. <laughs> uh, you actually, you, you put me on to him uh, recently yeah. uh, when I had my son. Um, and then one of the, one of the books is, uh, the pigeon doesn't want to go to, I yeah. forget the actual title, but the pigeon doesn't want to go to school. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, yep. and, uh, and it's funny. Cause I mean, my, my son is four months old and I read it to him. Um, and I know he has no understanding of anything that's going on. Don't um, be but surprised it's when fun... he hits, when he starts talking and he hits you with the, was a, was a, what? But, um, no, but the books are so fun because yeah. it, for him, it gives me an opportunity to do voices and have special effects. And, um, and yeah, so you put me on to him as a person as well during that yeah. time. And yeah, I've, I've followed the kind of stuff that you just mentioned. I mean, um, just a, a simple but impactful is his characters are intentionally drawn. He, he is a fantastic artist, he, he, but he draws his characters intentionally in a way that five-year-old children can draw them so that they can create, embrace, and and retell their own versions of the story with those characters. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Consideration goes into something like that. Agreed. So before we get to the last segment, definitely if you're listening, um, you know, look us up on Instagram, look us up on Twitter. Uh, We want to know your thoughts on what do you think the responsibility is as, you know, responsibility as an artist, whether it just be artist on the corner um, not artists on the corner, like panhandling. <laughs> no, it depends <laughs> on where you're selling it, right? <laughs> yes, or uh, or a celebrity artist. Like, what is their responsibility? What's you know? Do you hold them accountable? Are there artists that you hold accountable yourself that you look at them and if they did something that was against your moral code, you would just cease to support them as an mm-hmm. artist? Um, right. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's about that time. Last segment. Uh, if you've been with us before, you know we always end the same way uh, with our favorite segment, and it's called Copy, Collab, Erase. Uh, so today, uh, you know, we are in pandemic times. A lot of us are home for 24 hours a day. Uh, so we wanted to have a little fun with it. We wanted to move away from it being uh, just artists. So today we are doing Copy, Collab, Erase Streaming Edition. Um, so our three uh, our three examples today for copy collaborates are Hulu, Netflix, and Disney Plus. Okay. So Dito, I'm gonna tell you to go first. You I'm need to copy first. one collab. So you have to pick if you were gonna make a streaming service, who you would copy? Like you think they're doing it right? Okay. Who you would collab with? I.e., if you had a show. And you were pitching it, who you, you know, where you wanted to end up, and who got to go? Who you, okay. you tired of paying them? Like, get off my bill. All right. So, my copy is going to be um, Disney Plus. Um, and I'm thinking about longevity. I'm just thinking that, it, uh, and, and every day that I turn on Disney Plus, I wonder, did, did they outsmart everybody else? Because they have this endless body of work they bought out all these other companies and they just decided, you know what? We have so many properties. We're just going to make our own streaming service and we're going to take everything back. And if you want these things, you got to come to us. And so uh, copy Disney's model uh, as is impressive to me and their, their content, even the, you know, from their short films to their uh, I guess, retro films, 
It's just, it's just, it's just the movies that I love. It's just the things that I always know that I'm going to find something or I can just reminisce with something in Disney plus. That's just where it's at for me. It, uh, I would copy Disney plus my collaborate. If I had to drop an animation, it would definitely be with Netflix. I think Netflix has been extremely supportive of, of the arts. When it comes to animation arts, uh, they have put out some fantastic products. Uh, I can't get enough of watching some of their animated films, shorts, and series. So that's where I would want to put my work. And Erase, Hulu, I, you know what? Just from personal experience, I haven't spent a lot of time there. I just, I go look, and then I'm not impressed, and I turn off, and I go back to Disney+. Plus. Got you. Yeah. All right. Uh, so for me... Um, that, that was pretty in-depth, by the way. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not one-to-one -one with you, but I do agree okay. with everything you just said. Okay. So I would copy Netflix. Um, I think, I mean, they they started this all. They innovated uh, all of this. Um, oh, geez. So, yeah. And, I mean, they, they're continuing to innovate what the baseline for streaming should be. Right. Other people are, you know, copying them. <laughs> copying them but yeah i would copy i would copy them um and yeah i mean I, i've had netflix forever since you know i had netflix when they were the dvds dvds yeah yeah they're sending me dvds so um gotta go with the copy there collab would definitely be disney um if i had a project i would love it to be on there but also like it's now part of the disney like oh, man, man they can make a ride maybe you know i can have a ride to disney world um and even on a lower level, man, if I could collab with them, like I heard they're, they're rebooting Darkwing Duck, man. I would do a voice. Oh. Can I be a voice on Darkwing Duck? Can At I least like a something? bank teller, like a bank teller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like just to, <laughs> just so I can put up my IMDB page. Yeah. <laughs> One thing, I was on Darkwing Duck. Um, and erase Hulu. I have Hulu. I hate Hulu. I hate Hulu. I hate Hulu. Did I mention that I hate Hulu? Seems I don't like hate. I don't hate the existence of Hulu. I think the idea of Hulu is great. I think the UI of Hulu is horrible. And anyone mm. who's ever used Hulu should agree. If you don't agree, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. Um, but they have a horrible interface. Mm. Um, and it's not intuitive. And it pisses me off all the time. Um, but I do have it. And I do watch it. <laughs> but if I had to pick, they would be gone. One Love Art Sessions couldn't have been complete without the wonderful guests and even more so, our wonderful community. And you, our listeners. We'd truly appreciate it if you took some time to rate and review the podcast. With your help, we could increase listenership and get these incredible stories and messages out to a greater audience. The music used in this podcast was created by Pound, a.k.a. Chris Lee. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. One Love.